0: When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember Adam Savage here in my cave to talk to you about some of my favorite things. A long time ago, I did some stuff on my favorite bar knickknacks and tools and books, and I like got a whole series on that. Um, nobody watched those videos, too. I'm Bill from Punished Props Academy, and here are my favorite things
1: in 2020. I've got a go... Hey, everybody, what's <laughs>
0: up? Welcome back for issue four. Of... No,
1: no, 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 no. We're, we're issue five.
0: Issue five now. Issue 5 of Old Nerds Drinking. Myself, Rogan, and the Master of Ceremonies, John, is with me, Mr. El Guapo. How are you, good sir?
1: I am doing... eh, maintaining. Moderately well? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as well, so... anyways, It just doesn't feel like Christmas, man. No,
0: it don't. That's what I was saying about Halloween. It didn't feel like Halloween either, you know?
1: And, And I think part of it has to do with the fact that I think it was like 60 today. Man, it was warm. It
0: was warm today. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Michigan's weird. Like, when I was growing up, I remember we used to get massive Mm snowstorms. And I remember, like, I remember it reminded me of Hoth. Like by where by where I live by this if really out of state out of Michigan there's this giant store called Myers and some states have them but it all started in Michigan they have this giant parking lot in the back so what they do is they'd pile they'd they'd shovel all their they'd, they'd you know plow all their snow to the back of the building so it looked like Hoff and when we were kids we used to go back there and play like we were Hoff on Hoff looking for wampas and all that shit and digging into the snow I'll mountain. see you in hell yeah uh,
1: I thought they smelled bad
0: on the outside. But now that we're older, it doesn't seem like we get winters anymore, at least not the part of Michigan that we're in. We just don't get And when it, we do get snow, it doesn't stick around for very long.
1: I was going to say, it, it seems like over the decades, it's been going further back. Like when I was a kid, I remember winter started usually at Halloween. Yeah. And it'd be done by February. But now winter starts at February and it's done by like, I've used my snowblower in April.
0: Yeah, there's been a few times where it's happened to me, too. Yeah. I mean, we had a few years. Like, we had a couple of years. It was really, really bad for, like, two years, and then it went away, and then it came back. Yeah. Like, I think, about, what, four or five years ago, it was, like, super, super snowy. But, yeah, whatever. And your neighbors across the street, by the way, to go back to a previous episode, they did turn their icicle lights back on. <laughs> they did the full decoration, full-blown Christmas Yard thing, which I did. I, I I went major gaudy this year. I put up a whole bunch of inflatables, which people hate. And then because I'm getting old and fat, um, instead of running the, the string lights everywhere, I was one of those guys that went and bought the like little, little laser projector lights right. Like, just right. shine them on your house. You know, I, 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 that's the state that I'm in right now. And I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm fine. So, anyways. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, where are you taking us tonight, good sir?
1: Well, first, this is the part of Old Nerds Drinking where we drink. We do. Uh, So, tonight, we are both imbibing of the Rochester Mills Brewery 12 Milkshake Stouts of Christmas. That we went on the mad rampage to find and did find. Yep, that we, we went on the quest. And so, now we enjoy the fruits of our quest. I am drinking the salted caramel uh, milkshake stout. What are you drinking? I am drinking the Michigan maple milkshake stout, which mm. isn't
0: bad. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna send this one out tonight to our one download that we had in Australia, which is my buddy Brent. So, Brent, this is for you. Welcome to the OND Nation. Here good you go. on ya, Brent. Clink, and here we go. Yeah, this is all right. I'm um, I'm a big fan of, of maple maple brewed things for right. whatever reason. You know.
1: Well, the good thing is we let this sit. So this is at like almost perfect temperature for uh, stouts. If I remember correctly, you wanted to drink stouts, not cold. You want them to be like just below room temperature. So you get all the flavor notes on them. If if you drink them too cold, you don't really taste anything. If you let them get too warm, they get super bitter. There's like this butter zone and you've got to drink them while they're in the butter zone. The butter zone. <laughs> the butter zone. <laughs>
0: like butter. The like butter. On this show, we talk about coffee, New York, daughter, dogs, you know, no big whoop, just coffee talk. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot to, uh, well, I guess we should probably make the announcement. We're going to be doing the crossover issue with uh, Jake and Tom, with the, uh, you know, the Jake and Tom podcast. The, uh, oh God, I'm, oh my God, I can't believe it's slipping my mind right now. Jake and J- Tom ca- conquer the world. No, 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 no
1: our crossover podcast with Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Epic. They're yeah. my
0: friends. You would think that after all these years that I've known these guys and hung out with them that I would actually know the name of their podcast. I was friends with them before they started. They had another podcast way back in the day. So, yeah. But, yeah, we've been trying to pull this off with these guys for a while. And that's going to be next yep. week. And that's going to be all pretty much Mandalorian and Marvel show oriented because a lot dropped. Oh, yeah. Last yeah. night. So, a whole lot. Not to mention the. By then, Mandalorian will be over with so we can
1: talk spoilers and all
0: that shit. And if anybody. Oh, or,
1: my God. Um, I'm so sad that we've only got one episode left of the season. Yeah. Um. But... Well, let me make my predictions now. I already made oh, them. Oh, I have them written down. So these are these are Roogen's official predictions for the season finale of The Mandalorian. We are going to find out that Moff Gideon is actually the Vader to another bigger, badder enemy, possibly Grand Admiral Thrawn.
0: Yeah, I really believe
1: that. Yep. Uh, we are going to see Moff Gideon and Din Djarin have a epic dark saber slash beskar steel spear throwdown uh and the last the final prediction <laughs> is that grogu is going to put out moth gideon's eye with the dark saber using the force
0: and if i'm wrong i'm wrong i'm completely fine with being wrong
1: yep there's cleo there's fat kitty um oh wait fat kitty everybody take a drink
0: oh gosh here we go we click again here. Clank. all right clank drink a drink
1: and uh i think it's safe that we can go into um you know a few years ago i I was really into trying to start a blog and i I might go back to it you always see uh, on a lot of like the youtube channels and all that at the end of the year they do their favorite things so for this episode i wanted to do you know even though this year has been a dumpster fire there there have still been things that were good out of this year.
0: <sighs> yeah, I was yeah, this was funny cuz you're like I want you to come on the show and talk about 3 to 5 things about 2020 that were good that you liked. And I was like, "Fuck, really?"
1: Oh. Yeah, man. but see it it doesn't have to be a world event that you liked it's like what are 10 things you bought this year that you really liked what's a youtube channel you found that you didn't watch before that you liked i've got things i've got some things or like oh hey my band put out an album this year and the album was good or there was a book that came out this year so yeah there have been things that we can pick out yeah that we're good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it took me a little bit, but yes, I, I can. I've got things that I can talk about.
1: So we're so we're going to go through our list of 2020 favorite things. Because, fuck it, if Oprah can do it, we can do it.
0: You want me to start?
1: I was actually just going to take a sip of beer. Oh.
0: <laughs> Editing the show is so fun for you, I bet.
1: Yep. So I will go first with one of my favorite things of this year is... Before I go into what this first favorite thing is, first I have to go into a little preface. I have a fetish for pens. Like, I'm the last generation that still views writing things down as as the first step of any process. Ever since I was a kid, I have been just, like, fascinated by pens. And I have a very strict criteria for the pens I like. One might say obsessive-compulsive, but you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm here for you in this difficult time.
1: <laughs> so, the the qualifications for the pen are, first, it has to be black ink. No exceptions. Nothing else. It's got to be black. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like, blue ink pens drive me insane. So, if I were to hand you a Planet
0: Fitness purple pen... You would lose your shit.
1: Uh, You will notice that there is no Planet Fitness purple pens, even though I had a Planet Fitness membership, and I refused to sign anything from them when I had it with their stupid purple pens. Wow. No, no. no. It's okay. I got my own. I got my own.
0: Wow. Okay. All right.
1: So so it has to be black ink. It can be gel ink or rollerball ink, but it has to be black. Uh, Second, no thicker than a 7-millimeter head. (laughs) <laughs> uh like like <laughs> the bold like the, I, what it, it, yes what i told you it's ocd man wow uh but ideally it's got to be a 0.5 um 0.5 is the butter zone there's some 0.7s that are okay um my my beloved sharpie pens are 0.7, and I forgive them because they're still the greatest pens. that They were pens so good, the company had to destroy them because they were too good.
0: Because nobody was buying any more pens off of them.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, because for $6, you got a stainless steel Sharpie pen that was indestructible, and it was refillable, so if you used it, you could still keep the same body and just put a $2 refill in it and go on your merry way. Wow. Oh, yeah, I was... <laughs> I was heartbroken when they discontinued I'm surprised
0: them. you don't have a blog on pens. <clears throat> uh,
1: I, um, when I found out they discontinued them, I wrote a very sternly worded letter to oh 3M. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Oh. Then I went on a quest to track down every last one I could. So I went to Amazon sellers, and if they had them left, I would buy them out. I have somewhere around this basement a just pile of these sharp, uh, stainless steel Sharpie pens that are still in the original packaging because I love them. They they are my favorite pen probably that has ever existed. Wow. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, and finally, um, it has to be a thicker body because like the thin Bic pens, like just the really thin ones, yeah. if you write with them too long, your hand actually cramps from yeah, having nobody to... Nobody
0: likes a small Bic.
1: It's the girthiness. You need yes. a girthy pen.
0: Girthy pen, Yes.
1: I will randomly go on. Are you a
0: fan of the black bick? Black the what? The black bick. Are you a fan of that?
1: Uh, the big black bick.
0: Yes. The, yeah. The yeah, big. Say it five times fast. The, I the big do. black <laughs> bick. <laughs> Because um, they say once you try them, you don't go back.
1: No, no, I can't say that I've okay. ever tried right. the Big Black Bic.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So so yes, I will randomly go on Amazon and just search for pens and see if there's some... Wow. Yeah, because I like looking for new pens. And the uh, earlier this year, I found a pen, and it's from Japan, and it's called the Feng Yan pen. These are really good. They, they're, it's a nice thick body. It's a cap pen, so yeah, there's no accidentally clicking it in your pocket. It's thick. It's a point five millimeter. They have a thinner one, that's like a point three two. I actually ordered a box of them. They're on the way.
0: I am holding one in my hand right now. I'm looking for a piece of paper to write on. Hold on here. <laughs> let's let's see. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm not really um. I'm not feeling anything substantial with this pen that's going to make me run out and go berserk. But you know what? Hey, whatever. This is your thing. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm not judging
1: you. You're not judging me. I'm not um, judging you. It, so it, it's it's crafted nicely. It's nice in the hand. They come in a box of 18 pens for 17.99. So it's like a buck a pen. I mean, even the packaging is nice. It comes with a little box, and instead of having to, like, rip open the top tab and wreck the box the internal part slides out
0: dude you're even down to the packaging that the pen comes in that I'm... you're is there like a pen scale that you have here like do you have a grading scale
1: maybe <laughs>
0: you do <laughs> i don't but i could you're, like, down to. And then the packaging. Like, in most pens, you got to rip the package open. This comes in a box that slides open nice like a cigar box. Hey, man. And then the smell. Like, most pens, I usually give pens a three on a smell, but the smell coming out of this box was very fragrant and aromatic, so I would rate this pen at a five out of six, just based on the pen smell alone.
1: No, no. I, I don't smell the pens. I, I don't. That That is, that is is a bridge too far, sir. I have been using them. I love them. They they are one of my everyday go-to pens. I have pen stashes around my house for when I need pens, and this is one of the ones that is always there. Mhm. So now, so that was one of my favorite things that I discovered in 2020. Are we gonna bounce over to me now, or you? Just well, just I was go gonna say one? you you can do one.
0: Okay. So this year, um, because of the pandemic and pretty much everything being shut down, the only things that I really had to do this year were to go on motorcycle rides, or sit in front of the computer and sit in front of the TV. And for whatever reason, at the beginning of the year, when all of this stuff started, I made the very conscious decision of I do not want to sit inside this house. I don't want to sit here just in front of this TV and just in front of this computer, because I do enough of that with my podcast and, you know, just things in general. So this year, I really just made an effort to go outside, and as crazy as this is going to sound, because this is how this all came about, was the whole backyard fire thing. Yeah. And this year, I spent a lot of time sitting in the backyard in front of my fire pit. And it was really, it was like when summer came to an end, I was really bummed, because even if I had people over or if I was just sitting outside by myself, you know, it was really, it was a nice time to just be able to listen to podcasts or audiobooks or... Um, or when I had, you know, when I had you and uh, and Banjo Jones over, we'd sit around, and that—that's how the whole birth of the show came out. We'd sit around and have these great conversations and stuff. So I think my favorite thing of the year is—I have always enjoyed sitting in front of the fire, but for whatever reason, this year, it just—it was just a nice place to go. It was a nice escape. So at the end of the day, I would, you know, the wife would go to bed. I get all my stuff done in the house and everything, and I would just go outside as soon as it got dark, and I would spark up a fire, you know, and hey, I'm I'm outside. If anyone wants to stop by, and if nobody did, nobody did. But it was one of those points where, um, which leads me into one of my other favorite things. So the big thing was sitting around the fire, for the most part, was just really like, it was very cathartic and very, you know, it was very relaxing and it was just a place to go and just like really chill out instead of just like being cooped up inside of the same four walls and staring at a computer screen or something like that. And it was just really nice. And I'm really looking forward to when spring hits, like there's been a few times now where it's, it's like, man, it's it's kind of it's it's not super cold outside. Maybe I should go outside and spark up another fire pit or whatever. Oh or yeah, just man. You for know it. what?
1: You know what? Last night would have been great.
0: I didn't even think about it till just now. I didn't realize it. But yeah, yeah it would have been nice to just warm up and go outside. But I burned like I went through so much firewood this year. Like, at beginning, because I've got where I live, right around the corner from me, there's this big, like, um, industrial building area. But not, like, factories, but, like, shipping and receiving places and right. stuff. And one of them's like, yeah, you can have all the pallets you want. So I was burning pallets a lot in the summertime, busting them up and burning the wood. And then one of my buddies shows up and like, hey, I know you're into fires. We just cut down a tree. We just cut down a tree. So here's a pickup truck full of wood. And, you know, so I burned through a lot of firewood this year. But, um, so yeah, that that, was be, that would probably be like, right in no real random order, that's one of the things that immediately struck out with me, is just how cool it was, just sitting out in the fire in the backyard, be it by myself, listening to podcasts or audiobooks or whatever, or having people over, because we right. could all come over and be like, all right, you sit over there, you're seven feet away, you sit over there, you're six feet away, you sit over there on the other side of the fire, and we would all just sit on. everybody would bring their own drinks and stuff. And-,
1: and And the interesting thing was, because there wasn't as much media for us to talk about we got into some really deep stuff. And that's how this came about. Yeah. The only thing that
0: bums me out about this is this doesn't, like, this show, it's where it came from, but this show doesn't seem to capture quite the same effect of us just sitting around having these long, random conversations of really deep stuff, you know? And that was like, you know what? We we should probably start recording this shit, and that's, that's how this all came about. So which that'll lead me into my next one. Do you want to go with one now or do you want no, me to No, you can go next. So my next one was because I was sitting around the fire a lot. And I had all this time and I was making an effort to like listen to audiobooks and stuff. Um, I got into this. It's not a new genre of music, but it was a, a genre that I hadn't yet discovered. And it's called stoner metal or desert. There's a couple on stoner metal, which isn't really metal. And there's one called uh, desert metal. But what it is, it's this really like psychedelic, trippy, Blues oriented, really slow style of rock and roll music. And I got into a lot of really cool new bands that I'd never heard before. Now, most people, when they reach my age, when they get older in life, they're set in their music. They don't want to, you know, you you kind of stop listening to new music. You kind of stop like right around your college years or whatever, because after that life starts happening and you just kind of quit paying attention to whatever music's out there. I'm one of those people that's not like that.
1: New things become scary.
0: Yeah, and I'm somebody who, like, every once in a while, I just stop and say, you know what, I wonder what else is out there. So I was sitting around one night, I think I was listening to uh, Monster Magnet or something like that, and it was, like, uh, on, on the YouTube music app or whatever. And then all of a sudden these bands started playing that I'd never heard before, and I really got into them. One of those bands that I really like is called All Them Witches. And they're out of Nashville, Tennessee. They're kind of like this bluesy, psychedelic, like Doorsy kind of band. Um, they've got about seven albums out now. And I, I got into all this new music this year. And I got into uh, another favorite thing of this year was another band that I got into, which was 1000 Mods. Um, they're really cool. And it was just neat to like like find new music that was totally different. It reminded me of when I was younger I was one of those people that was like, okay, what's the new band that's out there? What's the new? I was kind of hipster. Like, what's the new underground band that's out there that's really cool? Because I grew up listening to a lot of industrial music like Skinny Puppy and Ministry and Nine Inch Nails and stuff. But I was always digging deeper for stuff. And then you grow up, you have kids, life happens, and you forget about it. But this year, since I've had so much time to just sit around and listen to things and be able to branch out and do things and try new things, I discovered this whole new... There's a band called Gomer Pile that's really cool. There's a band that I really got into called Tuber, uh, T-U-B-E-R, which I don't know why a band would name themselves after a potato species, but hey, whatever. They're out of Greece. There's this really cool, like like stoner metal movement coming out of Greece with all these bands that I'd never heard of before. And Tuber was one of them. And I bought, I went on band camp and I was like, okay, they don't have a major, major record deal. They're putting out their own music. This is cool. I'll support bands that do this because they're doing it on their own. They're out there. They're punk rock. They're doing this and you know, on their own without any major support. They had all of their albums on sale for 17 bucks. So I bought all of them. Oh, yeah. Sent the guy a message saying, hey, man, I really like your music. Or I just sent the band a message. When you buy something off Bandcamp, you can send the band a message. And I'm like, I really like your music. I really like putting in my earbuds and going on long motorcycle rides, which isn't necessarily a new thing. But I did do a lot more of that this last year. And I messaged him, I'm like, hey man, I really like your music, this is great, um, I like listening to your stuff when I go out on these long motorcycle rides out in, out in the sticks in the uh, countryside and stuff. So he writes me back, he's like, yeah man, thanks, I'm a motorcycle rider too, and we got into conversations about our motorcycles, and he listened to our show, and it was <laughs> it was really cool. I'm like, wow, this band, like on the other side of the world, that I, I don't want to say I discovered, but I discovered them for myself. Yeah,
1: you discovered them for you.
0: Yeah, and they were really freaking cool, and the music's really cool. So, A, it was the two bands that I found, and B, just the fact that I got into new music this year.
1: Yeah. Um, so. I was going to say, uh, you mentioned Desert Rock or, or Desert Metal. One of the uh, Twitch channels I I watch while I'm painting my miniatures is there is a channel that does uh, just like a 24-hour loop of Anthony Bourdain shows. Yeah. And there's a couple of episodes where he was out in Arizona and... The exact music you're describing—that he was like meeting up with guys who were doing it at these weird-ass recording studios in yeah. the middle of the desert—and they're all getting super wasted and yeah, go, yeah, making this music in the middle of the it's, night.
0: It's written, yeah, it's 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 music like written, to like go out in the desert and get really yeah, high, it, it's or it's just complete, driving through the desert. And yeah, stuff. And, and, it and it's really neat.
1: very improvisational. Which
0: leads me to my next one was this year. I took a couple of trips. I went down to Daytona for Bike Week. Right the the week right before. It was like just, just before COVID was beginning to break. Like, I'd, we'd, I'd stopped in North Carolina, Riley, North Carolina. I think it's North Carolina, maybe South Carolina. I'm not, remember, I can't remember right now. But I walked into this Walmart and I was on the way down, and everybody was just like masks hadn't come into a thing yet. But everybody, like, you could just see everybody was looking at each other. Everybody was flipping out. Like, everybody had that look in their eye. Like, like the are blues. you infected?
1: Who's got the Rona? Yeah, who's
0: got the Rona? I mean, it was really, really weird. And then we went down to Bike Week, and I got to hang out with a friend of mine. And it was down there for a week, and Bike Week was actually a little bit more sedate this year because of the corona thing. But we went and saw him, did a bunch of cool stuff down there. Went to uh, St. Augustine and went to the, uh, the Fountain of Youth, the actual Fountain of Youth, and did a bunch of cool stuff. And then later in the year, I took a trip to Utah to hang out with some friends. And that was right around the time that I was really getting into this stoner metal desert rock stuff. And Utah, half of the state is a desert, and the other half is kind of like this mountain really beautiful country, both sides of it. And we went out to the salt flats, and the salt flats was really, really cool. And it was really neat to go out and just stand in the middle of this big, gigantic, for-miles-flat land of salt everywhere. And it was really badass to be able to go and see these places and, and and that place specifically. It was just, and then go to the Great Salt Lake and there was a thing they called the Spiral Jetty, which is this rock formation that somebody made that goes out into Salt Lake and spirals into a circle. And that place was amazingly cool. Like that place, I want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was there, I'm looking over, they got, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Like you got to drive to like the middle of nowhere to get there. You drive past where the last railroad spike was driven into the ground and shit. And you get out there and there's nothing out there. There's no houses out there. There's no nothing. It's just the Salt Lake, which is weird because it's completely placid. There's nothing that lives in that lake. Yeah. It's very calm. And the whole area was just like, it just, it was very absorbing of everything. It was like sound, didn't go anywhere, but it was just a really beautiful area. And like the place calls to me. I want to go back to that and I want to go back to the Salt Flats really badly. I need to to go back to those at some point in my life.
1: I, I am dying to do some traveling once the Rona's over. I I don't think I'm gonna
0: make it that long. I might make it till just before it's over, but well, I get I get that itch.
1: Uh, they just announced uh, two weeks ago that my the the two early conventions of the year that I usually go to are canceled. So it's uh, the the next the next um, confusion canceled, which is usually in January. Uh, Adepticon canceled. Yeah. That's in March. Uh, so the next one that would be on my con schedule is Penguin Con in May, and I'm not holding out high hopes for that. I think it might not be till, like, my late-in-the-year cons. Um, yeah, I got
0: a feeling when fall hits that me and you are going to be, like, we'll be doing it for the show, obviously, but me and you are going to be hitting a couple of cons together, I would assume.
1: Uh, definitely uh, UConn, and then I'll be at the GT. You probably won't be there, but yeah. <clears throat> the the uh, Michigan GT. Um, so the next thing on my list is, uh, the other thing that I'm super particular about. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's another list. Oh no. There oh, is yeah. another list.
0: You have the strangest fetishes I'm looking at. It. I already know what it is. I yeah, can see it. It, it is. Uh, we've had this conversation before. Oh yeah.
1: Though. I got into watches like two years ago, uh, because I like men's jewelry. Like I love cufflinks. I love tie clips. And when I was working at the ho- when I was working in uh, at the hotel, it was very incumbent for me to dress up and kind of have a good appearance because I had to be in a suit every day. So I would wear French cuff sh- French cuff shirts from my- with my vintage collection of tie clips that I would go to est- estate sales and pick up, or vintage cufflinks. I have a whole, I have two whole uh, jewelry boxes full of. But I got into watches. And so I have the same exacting qualifications for the watches I collect that I do for the pens that I use. Oh, God. <laughs> so so the watch qualifications are Oh man. First of all, it has to be Arabic numerals. What? Yes. I can't stand watches that have like just the dots or they're the minimalist, and they only have the the 12, the 3, the 6, and the, the 9. That
0: does drive me a little nutty.
1: Yeah. It's when I have a watch, I want to be able to glance at that watch and in less than a second determine what the time is. So those other, like, super busy dials that have all these graduations, no. I want it to have just the numbers. I can live without the date function, but, you know, I want it to have a 1 through a 12, and I want it to be easily visible. That is super important to me because why have a watch if you're going to have to like, okay, what, what time is it? It's like, okay, I have to guess because there's no exact graduation. So it's sometime around 2. I'm raising my hand. 2.15-ish. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Not, I've been calling. I put my hand down. You are aware that this thing called digital watches that tell you the exact time, right?
1: You yes, notice, right? but Get that. Yeah. this is the yeah. whole thing. It's a yeah. fashion accessory. Digital it's, watches are a fashion it accessory. It looks cool.
0: Yeah. Digital watches can look cool.
1: Um, Yeah. The other thing is I love automatic movements. So if I'm buying a watch, I really want it to be an automatic movement. You know what? To interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I can... I can respect some of this because I I like pocket watches. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's a steampunkness to them. And my old co-host got me one. I never, ever use it. It's always hanging up in my office. Every once in a while, I'll wind it up and look at it. But to open that watch up and see those gears, yes. you can see the
1: gears and stuff moving on the inside. And like, like even, even mass-produced watches are still a work of art. Yeah. They are still just uh, an insane level of craftsmanship to make th- all these tiny little yeah. gears that if you exhale too heavily would fly off a table and you, you'd you have to start all over again.
0: I could very easily become a collector of pocket watches. Mm-hmm. Like, really cool pocket watches. Oh, and but... I, I'm never going to wear a pocket watch, but the, I just like the way that they
1: look. The only thing preventing me from like having a bunch of pocket watches is the fact that to get a good, like the style of having a pocket watch is you would wear a three-piece suit. The vest, you would have the, the chain that goes from the buttons of your vest into the watch that's in your pocket. They do not make three-piece vest suits for fat guys.
0: That's probably why I don't use a pocket watch now, because I don't really know where to put it.
1: Yeah. To, so you know. so there's, there's like... um You'll see some that have like a belt clip on them and you yeah. clip them to the loop on your pants and then your pant, like most jeans, have that little side. pocket, yeah. Yeah, and that is specifically for a pocket watch.
0: That's what that's for, huh? That is under that.
1: Yeah. They, there's that, but they're more likely to catch on something there.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I already I already have the wallet with the chain on it because I'm a motorcycle rider. Right. So I've already got that. So you'd
1: have, you'd
0: be two chains. The doots. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I could very like I'm mean, even now I'm like, I, I'm i kind of want to get a digital watch to sync to my phone just so I have to pull my mm-hmm. phone out of my pocket all day. But the thing is, it's like, but I do have a lot of bracelets. I have a lot of like, well, you've seen like the yeah, ones yeah. that I wear. I lost one of them recently and it's killing me. It was a specific one that was made for me and a certain group of people. But um, so I was like, well, I've never really wanted to be a watch guy, but I'm like, well, I already wear these. So that actually the watch, the digital watch that syncs to your phone Actually, has practicality, so I'm riding my motorcycle. I can just glance over at my watch and say, okay, right. such and such called me. That actually does have... I can reason that away because it has a function, or I can control my MP3 player, my phone, right, mp 3s right. off the phone, off the watch. But the problem is I have these huge-ass, thick fucking wrists where it's really hard. You have the same problem. I already. have the same yeah. problem. So, so it's... it's hard for me to find a watch that fits me comfortably without you know they don't they don't really make watches for fat-wristed big-boned people well rubenesque portly fat-ass wrists like they I do
1: have. it's just you have to buy a, wa- a longer strap ah. so like all my like the watch we're going to talk about it, it doesn't have the original strap because i had to order a longer strap yeah. for it which the the little part that goes around your wrist is a strap It's not not a, a band. It is a strap. This has been another useless fact. So my preferred movement I is... I love how you're
0: just staring at me like, are you going to add anything to this? And I'm like, no, we're good. I am, I'm not going to get into a fight with a, with a strap on with you.
1: It's like, why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? This is a thing. You, <laughs> like, yeah, you is... are. You're
0: just you're staring at me like, come on, argue with me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to fight with you about a strap or I'm a not wristband. not going
1: to engage the crazy we're person. Good. We're good. Um, I mean, you've
0: obviously shown your attention to detail depends, so who am I to argue with you about this shit? Right.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so I like automatic movements where it's, there's a little weight on... Uh, essentially, a, a a gear, and as you move your as you move your wrist around, the weight moves around, and it winds it for you, so you don't ever have to wind it. That as reminds
0: long... me of the Harry Dresden bracelet that he wears. It collects kinetic energy all day long. It,
1: it's pretty much the same the same thing. Um, my second preferred is manual, where you have to wind it. I really hate batteries because I, I understand that you have to change like you only have to change the battery once every five years. But it's just like uh, and you gotta order the. Oh, speci- I would
0: so prefer that over winding. It's, it's one of the reasons why I don't collect pocket watches because almost all of them are winding. Yeah, the cool ones at least, Ooh. the ones that I like. But I don't like that's one of, like I have to reach up, and grab my pocket watch, and rewind the fucker all the time, and I'm like, ah, I
1: just can't do this. <laughs> now, so those are the the three qualifications: has to have fabric numerals, have to be able to read it at a glance, preferred automatic, manuals okay. Now, rule number four is. The exception to the first three rules is the rule of cool. There is a company that make watches where the face is a monster attacking a city and there is a hole, Or he has a hand like he's picking up something and there's a hole in the face and that's where the hour is and then there's another one uh, in his stomach, and that's where the minute is, and then the moon in the picture is the date. Okay, that looks really cool, even though it's a quartz watch and you have to look at this really weird to to yeah. read it. It looks
0: cool. Okay, I can I can embrace that. I
1: can um, embrace that. I have a watch. It was actually one of the first the <sighs> first watches I bought. Um, it's a Russian watch. It's uh, manual, so you have to wind it, but. The faces, the face of the watch, instead of having numbers, it's playing cards. So one o'clock is the ace, two o'clock is the two, three, four, five, ace, or er, two, jack, queen, king.
0: That would drive me insane. But, <laughs> that but, would drive me fucking nuts. Right. What time is it? Um, half past ace. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but as someone who is a fan of card games and games in general, it's really cool. I wear that whenever I go to cons, and it's kind of just the watch i wear for that um there's another another company that takes um cold war era russian watches it was a big thing in the cold war that russian soldiers would be given mechanical watches um specifically because if there was a emp blast the mechanical watch would still work so they take these Cold War era mechanical watches and they will hand paint faces for them. So it's like a, a um, like a landscape scene, which they look really amazing. Um, I, I would have one of those uh, and probably eventually we'll buy one. How much? Uh, they're not too bad. They're like in the one 150 range. So so here's the thing with watches. You have tiers of how good they are. Like your timex watch that you just want to buy off the shelf at Myers. um it has a battery but it will just keep the time you're going to pay like 50 dollars for that so when you get into like geared watches those start at about a hundred bucks um and then you will have depending on how well they're made, what like what like what materials are used to make them. Those go to about 100 to 3 or 400. Then there's a jump. And then you get into the the mid-tier high-end watches that are like your like even above Shinola. Shinola's exist in like the 3 to 500 range. They have like one that's a $1000, but so after the one to five hundred, then you jump to like a two to three thousand dollar watch.
0: So it's safe to say that you do know shit from
1: Shinola. I do. Okay. I have two Shinola watches. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So in that two thousand to three thousand tier, now we know how
0: John gets all the pussy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My watches bring all the girls to the yard. Um, watches and pens. But that's that's where you get, like, your citizen... So you're not into watches. <laughs> Have
0: you seen my extensive black ballpoint pen collection?
1: Would you like to y- write something with my big black back?
0: Write something with this. Don't you like that? Isn't that amazing? Feel how smooth that is. It's like, it's like the scene from American Psycho where he hands him the business card. <laughs> that's bone raised on blue nimbus. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I couldn't help but notice that John has a brand new wristwatch on.
1: <laughs> right. So in, in like that 2000 to 4000 5000 tier, that's where you're getting into your Omegas and like your high-end Citizens. Then there's another jump where you go to like the $10,000 and that's where your Rolexes are and your super Christ, high-end man. watches. Wow. Um there there was a an Antique Roadshow episode where some guy Uh, brought in a Rolex he had bought in, like, 1970, right when he had got out of the Army. And he had bought it and put it in a safe deposit box. And he had all the original paperwork for it. He had the box. It had never been worn. They said it was worth a quarter of a million dollars. You
0: know, it's like... I just now realized, like, I am i thought I was bad knowing obscure shit with, like, paranormal and weird shit. My brain's a treasure trove for obscure, strange information. Oh, we, we, we've been
1: through this, yeah. Now,
0: you, on the other hand, you your knowledge base is so incredibly far off and so obscure. Like, I have a feeling you could sit here and talk to me for the next five hours about ballpoint pens and watches. Like, extensively. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Every, everybody's got their thing. Everybody's got their thing yeah. they vibe on. Yeah, I um, get it. I get it uh I, I i recorded a two-hour podcast with somebody one time just going through the history of role playing games that would be interesting i gave a one hour like t-
0: you're you're a man of the finer taste things in life like I, you I, know about your alcohol you know about your watches your pens um i like I, I'm to sure s- you know about cigars yes we, i do yeah I'm, that doesn't surprise me at all
1: i know? like to say that i am a nerd of all seasons i
0: gather that yes um like I've always envisioned our show. Like I would really. I've said this before too. Like I've I've always envisioned our show. Like I wish we could just be sitting around here. And I I really think we should get bathrobes. We should record in bathrobes. And we need like we need to like it's the dude etiquette. Like it's a more so, refined dude etiquette.
1: So there is a cigar bar in Wyandotte. Um, oh, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. Oh man, I used to go there. Did they all the give night. you a
0: cigar jacket
1: to wear. No, but they do have a private lounge in the basement. If they get really busy, uh, when there's like events going on, I used to go up there like every Friday night to in the summer to smoke cigars and just read my book out in front because they're the only bar in out that makes a passable mojito. So if I wanted to just get out of the house and go smoke a cigar, I would go there and, uh. Like, if they had an event going on and they needed the table space, they'd say, hey, you can just go down and hang out in the private lounge. So in, in the basement of this place, they have a whole private lounge. And I'm like, man, if we could get them to let us record down there, it's pretty swanky.
0: Yeah, see, the problem is I can't be around smoke because of my lungs. I got I got asthma. I got bad asthma. Um, which right now, my sinuses are completely shut down, dude, which is why my voice sounds like I've got my nose pinched off. I think um, both of ours are.
1: Yeah, my apologies to everyone listening to this show, because you're going to listen to me fighting off sneezing, coughing, sniffling. It's everybody in Michigan's favorite game. Is it seasonal allergy crud or, or corona? COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or COVID. Yeah. So, now that we've gone on about watches, earlier this year, I have... I have an Amazon wish list with watches in it.
0: I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) I
1: have a specific Amazon (laughs) wish list just for watches. One for pens and one for watches. Um, There's a brand of watches um, that's very popular among watch people who are in that low tier, where I'm in. Where you're never going to get to the $2,000 watches. You're never going to get to the $10,000 watches. Um, There's a company called Seiko. And they're out of Japan, and they're just known for making very high quality but very reasonably priced watches. One of the watches of theirs I had been looking at was the Seiko Men's SNK809 Stainless Steel Automatic Watch. Um, when I put it in the wish list, it was like a hundred dollars, and then I think for Prime Day, it was on sale for sixty-six. Wow. Yeah, so I immediately bought it. I was super happy I got it on sale, and this this watch is what I was looking for for an everyday wear watch. Um, I have a lot of nice watches, but um, a lot of them have leather bands. A lot of um, the everyday watch I used to wear was like a, a Swiss watch from the '70s that I bought in an estate sale. It had no band on it. It was just a watch in a box of random jewelry. I paid like $5 for it. That thing still works. All I had to do was put a new band on it, and it was my everyday wear watch. And it kept time well, but it wasn't waterproof. So if I was doing like washing the dishes, I'd have to take it off. I was always super worried at work, something might get bash into it and break. This is my new everyday watch. It's water resistant to a hundred meters. It's it's an automatic movement. It has uh, illuminated hands so you can see it in the dark. Um, I had to switch the band for like just a a kind of nylon band.
0: I can almost hear you getting hard under the table over this watch. <laughs> it's like,
1: oh, <ugh. laughs> just I look at you. There's the
0: there's the breath right there.
1: You're like. <sighs> Actually, 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 I was uh, pulling in the breath to do the, excuse me, while I whip this out. <laughs> um, but yes, so this is my new everyday watch. It was $60. It ticks off everything I love in a watch, and I was super happy with it. I've been wearing it mm, almost every day since, because I haven't been dressing up fancy to go out anywhere, so... <laughs> All right. Well, let me move on to my next one. I'm just- I was gonna say, do you want me to tell you about the box that I keep no, my no, no,
0: I'm good. I think I think we've we've got enough here. No, no. I think, uh, my, oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was wow. gonna say
1: the the box I keep my automatic watches in that winds them and has little things that move around.
0: What you have a box that winds your watches for you? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like you remember in uh, you are really weirdly really excited over that. You remember in Doctor Strange where he pulls out that drawer and there's all the watches and they're spinning?
0: Okay. I think so.
1: Yeah. There's special storage uh, devices for automatic watches, so when you're not wearing them, it still spins them, so they keep the time. You don't have to reset them. Okay. I have one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So moving on to one of the finer points of 2020, I'm going to steal some of your thunder because we both agree on this one, which was the finally release of the Dresden Files books. Uh, I will say book because they were one book that was split into two books.
1: Yeah, that that And uh, I'm I'm a little salty about the fact that I had to pay $60 for one book and, and that was broken into two volumes. I
0: think at some point down the road that they will eventually release that as one book because yeah. uh, Clive Barker did a bunch of things like that where later on they just combined them into one book at one at a certain point. Um but uh yeah, it took us how long to get this book? How many years was it before between uh between Skin Game and this one?
1: I want to say seven years. I think that's a little long. It might have been five. Uh, I'm thinking more like five, maybe six. It's like every once in a while, my Facebook feed would come up with the me posting about reading skin games in one day, and it's like, oh, here's a Facebook memory from five years ago.
0: Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Which, we're, we're going to have another show to talk so, about it. Okay, but... so
1: so we are actually eventually, uh, probably sometime in January, going to have a Dresden Files panel. Yeah. I have two other people who we're going to bring on, at least, and we're going to have a Dresden Files panel.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say overall, I wasn't... Um... I wasn't as upset about the books as I thought I would be because everybody was like, "Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know? The overall rating of the books wasn't that great, but I still enjoyed them. Again, that's another world that I like to be in when I read those right. books. Um, and again, this all goes back to the fire again, where, you know, it's sitting around at night listening to the Dresden files, audiobooks with my earbuds in, you know, just chilling out and actually like embracing and listening to that world. Um, I waited till the second book came out and then I listened to them all in one go. I binged them both. Right. And, um, yeah even I, at this point, I would have been happy like butcher could have shit on a on a piece of paper and called it a Dresden files book, and I still would have read it. I was still so hungry to get back into that story into that world again
1: it's, you know it's the old joke of uh
0: it's like Star Wars. Star Wars could shit out of, shit on a shingle and be at Star Wars. I'm like this fucking sucks, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to Ma- read it, you know. Oh, uh,
1: mine was always uh Meryl Streep could read the phone book and she'd get a, a best actress nomination from the Academy Awards for it.
0: Yeah. What did you um not not going too in depth of but what did you think of the books? Um I know there were things in there that upset you, you know, and...
1: there there was some plot points that I'm I'm a little salty about. And we will definitely discuss those in. I mean, it's. I don't go to Dresden Files because I'm looking for war and peace. They're pulp novels. Yeah, they're, they're written to be fun and to just be enjoyed, and I enjoy them. So, so when we get to the panel discussion, we'll we'll discuss. On the whole, though,
0: between on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate the book as? The book, not books, books. I call it a book because yeah, it was books.
1: a book. Um maybe a 7.
0: I was thinking I was thinking 7 8 around there, you know. Yeah. Um I don't think it had the weight and the impact that changes did. It was a changes like book. Right. Um but I don't think it had like changes I think had a lot more weight and heaviness to it and actually had a bigger impact whereas This one felt a little forced with what he was trying to do, but whatever. Again, you know, it's 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 again. It's like Star Wars. It could be total shit, but it's still not going to ruin my. It's not going to ruin the Dresden Files for me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look at Jim and be like, "Wow, you're really fucked up on this one, dude." I'd be like, "All right, yeah, whatever. You know, we got it. It's cool. It's a book. It carries the story along. We took us forever to get them, but we got it. So yeah, yeah. So that was that was a yeah. I would I would put that on my one of my highlights of 2020. Just finally getting those books after all this time. So, you know.
1: So next thing on my list is is actually a podcast related thing. Is when we were uh when we were getting the stuff to when when I was getting the stuff together to do this. Um I had a digital mixer that I had bought years ago specifically with the intention of using it to podcast and it died. It died. <laughs> um it, it was when I was using it um a friend of mine, a friend of mine did a local wrestling circuit and I did the, uh, the music for him. <laughs> that, that, that is a whole fun, fun time that I will eventually get into, but lots of stories I don't feel like telling now. Um, so it had been sitting in a road case in my house for four or five years and I went to pull it out for this. Two of the channels weren't working. I took it into my uh, local repair guy. Um, and if you are in the sou- Southeastern Michigan area, um, Mike carry Music and Wyandotte, uh, shout out to those guys. They are fantastic. I have been taking all of my audio equipment to them for years. Um, even at my work, when stuff would break that we wouldn't send back to our warehouse, I would shoot it out to him. He would have it fixed within a couple of days. Good turnaround. Um, when I took the mixer into him he's like mm, yeah you're gonna pay because it, it was it's a barren Behr- it was a Behringer mixer. it was made with China throwaway pay. <laughs> it was made with china throwaway parts. he's like it's gonna cost you twice what you paid for this originally to fix it. Um, so he recommended a couple of things for me. I ended up uh, getting this nice it's a Mackie uh, pro FX. 10v3, uh, so it has 10 inputs, uh, and it's the third version of it, digital audio mixer. Um, and and it was great, because he got it, like, the day he told me mine was dead, um, I ordered this one, and he had it shipped in for me within, I think, three days.
0: Even though you spent the money, and I have no right to say this, because you funded this whole show, which is why it's it's your show. I'm just right. here on your coattails. And I've got no problem with that, but I do wish, in retrospect, that you had gotten the one step above when it was yeah, above it. Yeah. Because we need those, like, to do the show. To do the show the way that we really want to do it, we almost need to have those extra inputs to be able to pull it off with the drops and all that kind of stuff. Well, see, th-
1: this has enough. I mean, it's because um, yeah, we we still got a couple of. I think we still got two free inputs that we can use for microphones. Yeah. Um. So it, it's. Four XLR inputs, two stereo quarter inch inputs, and one eighth inch uh like headphone jack input. Yeah and then it's got the digital audio output input on it. I mean, it does a good job. Yeah, it, it does. Because really your um,
0: operation is far, the way that you record this show and how this show is produced is far, far different than the way Archivist yeah, is Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we,
1: we are, like, way more complicated than yeah. any podcast needs to be. But... I don't know,
0: man. I've, I've got some people out there that podcasts that have, like, compressors and all that stuff and yeah. racks and everything, you know, which I'd love to do, but, you know. And this
1: has a, a digital effects unit built into it. Um, it, like I said, it has the USB in and out the, I do kind of in hindsight, wish I had got the other one or the next highest model, which is the 12, um, simply because it has faders and this has knobs and as an audio file, I love having faders.
0: Oh, I do too. I absolutely, yeah, I love that
1: shit. Um, so, but if you are out there looking for a, a mixer to do your own podcasting or your home recording with. Uh, this is, you can find it in the $200 range and it is a good mixer. Uh, it will do pretty much everything you need it to do.
0: I I would, I, if I were to change the way that I did archivist, I would, I might pick one of those up. It's just that, um, the way that my show is produced so much differently than yours does like me and you sit down and we talk in front of one another and, but we haven't had a situation yet where we've had to bring a third person in or do Skype or anything yet. So we're. Like, th- this, even though we're only five issues in, there's there's lots of stuff that we want to do with this show. Like, we've got all these drops that we want to use. We've got soundboards on our computers and things like that. We just haven't really gone far into that area yet because we haven't, you know, it's we're right. still finding the way the how to do what we're doing here. Like, my show, I've got my show down, but my show, I know how my show works and how I produce it and stuff. This is a whole different animal for me. This is like being in an actual, like, radio studio and shit like that. So it's, and plus, you're the one who produces it and mixes it so at the end of the day, I'm like, well, time to go home. I'm like, I go home. I, yeah. I, I honestly don't even listen to this show because I don't, I'm don't. i just not worried about it. Because, you know, I know you've got it. And it's got its own feel and everything to it. So that's part of it. Yeah. So I guess um, let's move along and talk about um, the, the one thing you have left on here.
1: Oh, no, I, I got a couple of things left oh, on okay, here. Oh, so. okay, keep going. Uh, so gaming related, one of my big things that happened this year was we got a new edition of Blood Bowl.
0: Yeah, that's where I was going, because those yeah. fucking assholes at GW. Yeah, you're excited about it. I'm not. We, the the well, How long ago was the most recent? Like, three years ago? Was 2016.
1: Three?
0: Okay, so... we're Four years. Four years, and they're already coming out with... And they didn't even have all the teams and everything released yet, to my knowledge, for the old Blood Bowl that, that discontinued years.
1: There are some teams that they did not release. Um, they did not release Chaos Dwarves. Uh, they did not release um, Norse... Uh, but I think those were the only original GW-produced teams that they did not reproduce in plastic.
0: See, one of the things that I liked about Blood Bowl is, like, the same, like, there's a lot, I used to be hardcore into GW. Okay, well, hold
1: on. Before we, before we go way the hell off on this, we may need to explain to the audience what Blood Bowl is. Okay. Uh, for those of you not familiar, um, when we think of fantasy football, there's orcs and dwarves. Uh Yes. Um,
0: Undead ogres. Blood Blood
1: yeah. Bowl is a tabletop miniature game where you are playing American football with fantasy races.
0: It's got some rugby in it.
1: Yeah, it's it's American football. Yeah. Uh, the there's no kicking though, so that that's the only thing. Um, but I there are fan rules for like having goalposts and making kick. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so you have your. Your football team of linemen, blitzers, yeah. all that, and
0: passers, runners, yeah.
1: And you have humans, you have orcs, you have dwarves, you have an undead team, goblins, my favorite. Yeah, you have goblins, yeah. you have halflings, um, and each
0: team is known for different characteristics. Right. Like, ogres are very slow, uh, or I'm sorry, orcs are very slow. They're they're but they're very tough. Like they take a lot of damage. Uh, they're pretty straightforward. Just go out and beat the shit out of your opponent. Goblins, my favorite team, aren't really known for winning, but they're known from pulling off like a lot of tricks and stupid stuff on the field and just really, you know, crazy antics or something like that. So when I play my team, it's not so much if I win the game; it's how much shit can I pull off before I lose the game, and I'm completely fine with that. And uh, so anyhow, yeah, it, it's a really fun game. It really is. And, and most games, the games workshop games, like if you play Warhammer and I'm sure a lot of people out there play Warhammer, or at least familiar with it, you spend a fuck ton of money to build <laughs> yeah, your armies and yeah. games workshop. And whatever army you play, there's always some new mega tank, there's always some new squad, there's always something. And then every so many years, GW comes out with another set of rules. you got to go out and buy another set of armies, or the armies that you had before. So you're continuously dropping large chunks of money on GW shit. Yeah. That's why I quit playing it. Blood Bowl and the other game, Necromunda, which is a, it's a small team-oriented uh, game as well, different kind of game, but... These are games where you go out and you buy your little team. You might have what? How many figures on a team? Fifteen?
1: Oh uh, no. I, um, I think, yeah, fifteen, I think, is the maximum you yeah. can have.
0: So you buy your fifteen miniatures. You're out maybe a hundred bucks.
1: Oh, no, no. It's um a team box set comes with I think ten miniatures. Yeah. So that's forty-five dollars for a team and box set. You gotta set. buy your
0: special character. So
1: if you buy two box sets, that's pretty much everything you need. You don't need special characters.
0: Exactly, and you're done. So you don't have to go out and buy the next mega tank. You don't have to go out and buy the next mega. You don't have to have, like, a gazillion miniatures on the table. You have your team, and that's it. And that's pretty much it. And then, then you've got the game, and you're done.
1: And there's a, you don't need a shelf full of terrain. It's played on a board exactly, that yes. looks like a football pitch. Yeah. And... That's it. That's all you need to play the game. So, and I'm fine with that.
0: I'll, I'll spend, I'll spend, you know, up to maybe a couple hundred dollars on one of these tabletop games. My days of going out and spending shit tons of money on, on miniature games is definitely long gone and over with. So, GW comes out and I just get the rules down, I just get my teams all painted up, I just get all the miniatures and stuff that I need and we don't play very often because we're we're family people, we have kids and jobs and shit. And, and then in, COVID. In COVID, yeah, and then John comes up and says, "Oh yeah, the new version of Blood Bowls coming out." I'm like, "Why the fuck are they coming out with another new ver- what what is wrong with the game?" Like because GW is are a so, bunch of money-hungry bastards, you know?
1: <laughs> Well, they are a publicly traded company, yes, and they're, they're, they're they are beholden to their stockholders. But I will say this: pretty much every from the first version of Blood Bowl to the 2016 version, the rules didn't really change. The basic mechanics of the game were fundamentally the same. There was just okay, this team lost this skill. This works a different way. Just subtle tweaks. With this new version, it completely changes the game. And in my opinion, it changes it for the better. It streamlines a lot of things that were kind of clunky. It makes finding what you need to roll to do something a lot simpler. Um, But it is a fundamental change of the rules. So it's not like you can just download an errata sheet and your old rules still work. Now, that being said, Blood Bowl is insanely popular in Europe, and they have their own living rule set that is not the GW rule set that all the tournaments in Europe use to play Blood Bowl. So even if you don't want to get this new version of the rules, you can use the living rule book and still play Blood Bowl the old way and get just as much enjoyment out of it. See now I
0: got to go and learn the new rules, which is fine because I don't remember much of the old rules because of how infrequent we play. Yeah. So, but still, I just don't want to go out and drop more fucking money on another game so that I just bought a little while. Oh, I know yeah. I, I'm so gonna it, keep cutting you off because it pisses me off so bad. I want to go. I'd like Hulk Smash with GW. That's like fuck. Now I got to go out and buy another hey, hey, goddamn man. box set. I, I
1: will be the first to start throwing gasoline on the pyre of GW because they have done some dirty shit to. Some? (laughs) Some Uh, dirty shit? But um, really? They came out with a new box set, which comes with two full teams. Each team gets a star player, which in the last edition you didn't get. Each team gets like a, a big guy, so there's a there's I a will huge, say that, yeah. Yeah, there's a troll for the orcs, the, is the rule the book humans, now so not hardbound? The rule book is now hardbound. Yeah, that's so the rule book that comes in the box set has the rules for all the teams in it. They See, had to do that. Yeah.
0: Because there would have um, been a lot of people like, like I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm about ready to go buy it. I may just tell you if you're out, pick it up and I'll give you the money for yeah, it. it yeah, it, it
1: is definitely a good deal.
0: Um, um, I, um, I probably will buy it, but it's going to be begrudgingly and with protest. Because I got this feeling that in two I'm gonna years... I'm going to buy it,
1: but I'm not going to like the fact that I have to buy it. Yeah, and I'll But play I'm going it, to enjoy the game.
0: Yeah, I'll buy it, I'll play it, but you know I'm sure it'll be fine, but it's in the back of my head it's gonna be like those motherfuckers in five years are gonna come out with another goddamn fucking rule book and another fucking version of the rules and the goddamn teams we got aren't gonna play anymore there's so more fucking money to GW you know it's, yeah that's that's what it's gonna be you know so um, I mean I'll buy it I'll probably just go ahead and buy it and I'll give you the money I've got the money set off so you know
1: yeah next next time I'm at the game shop i will I will pick it up and we will we will play. Um, the last on my main list of things for uh, this year is um, it was a book called uh, *Wonderland: How Play Made the Modern World*. Um,
0: I saw that in the notes,
1: but I don't know what this is. So educate me. So. Earlier this year, I took the um. One of the big attractions in Michigan is the Greenfield Village uh, Henry Ford Museum.
0: Yeah, my, one of my kids works
1: there. Uh, it is a world known attraction. If you're coming to the area, it is definitely one of the things you want to visit. Uh, there is a lot of history there. A lot of cool shit too. There, there is there, there um. Right now, there's a traveling Marvel exhibit at the museum. Um. There's a jar in the museum that contains uh, Thomas Edison's dying breath. Yeah, he was a dick. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, he,
0: he, <laughs> I'm a Tesla guy all the way. Yeah, we, if had, Edison or Tesla, I'm Tesla.
1: So we, we, we had a lot of discussions about how historical figures were kind of dicks. Yeah. Um, but we were going through the gift. I, I took my family this year during the summer. It was, it's open. It's outside. You can do it. And we didn't have to be wearing masks all the time. Um, And as we were leaving, I went through the gift shop and I always look at the books there because they will have sometimes like super interesting collections of books. I found this book there and reading the cover blurb of it was super interesting. And it's basically a deep dive into a lot of historians will argue that the main force of change in history is war. As war progresses, the world progresses with it. Well, this book postulates alternate evidence that the catalyst for war and the catalyst for the evolution of society is leisure and our desire for leisure. And it goes into like the entire era of exploration wasn't just exploring for exploring space, exploring sake it was exploring for spices it was exploring for leisure goods to send back to the aristocracies and those things once the aristocracies had them eventually they would trickle down into all of society um it goes into a lot of like the development of how we shop and like malls from like the the start of the original petticoat boutiques in victorian london into the evolution of the Mega Ball, so it, it's a lot of interesting deep dives into and connecting dots that you wouldn't normally think about. But there is enough evidence to connect these dots. So it's a fascinating book. I, I read it in a couple of weeks, and and it was just very enlightening. Um, and and there's a whole section in there of uh, tavern culture and how. Incredibly tied in the birth of America is to tavern culture, and tavern culture was actually an offshoot of coffee culture in Europe, which led to a lot of the Age of Enlightenment or the the like philosophical enlightenment in Europe in the seventeen sixteen or seventeen eighteen hundreds.
0: I'll say that about bars, like bars. Outside of the nightclub experience, bars are always still the same. You walk into what like you walk into a bar, it always feels the same. well, besides it, having the bar across the front of it or whatever, you know
1: in in colonial America, the bar was the social place. It was the equalizer. It was everybody could go to the bar and share a drink, and everybody was talking. Everybody was exchanging ideas. And from that exchanging of ideas, came the idea of america um there's another book i'm reading about uh colonial spirits and it talks about like like the the starting quote of the book is american settlers got together at the bar got drunk and decided to make a nation
0: yeah that's basically how it all went down yeah that's that's where samuel adams comes from right Well, and then it's weird when I was up in Salem a few years ago, you go by and a lot of those bars and stuff are still there and you go, as you're walking around town and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, this is where they used to meet up here and they planned this, this, and this, Right. you know, and then downtown Boston, which, you know, is pretty much down the road. Well,
1: so many of the founding fathers were brewers. Brewing was a very important part of early American culture Um, for, okay, I'm a unabashed Hamilton slut. I I, once it was on Disney and I could watch it, I I really enjoyed it. There's a scene in there where there's this epic rap battle between Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) But here's the thing you don't, what you, it's not clear from the song and what they're doing, but the thing they are rapping about is the whiskey tax which was one of the very first big arguments of the American nation was we needed to repay our debts from the American revolution. And Alexander Hamilton's uh, party, which um, George Washington was a party of or was a member of wanted to tax domestically made whiskey to help repay the debt. And Thomas Jefferson was against that. And in fact, when he became president, uh, one of the first things he did was repeal the whiskey tax. Uh-huh. So, yes, Sammy, please, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Listen to that purr in the microphone. I know. I know. I'm kind of holding her because she wants to walk on the keyboard.
0: <laughs> she wants to be in the show. I wish she had a picture. She's like right on the microphone looking into it right now. It's cute. Yeah.
1: It's adorable. hmm yeah, I know you want to walk on the keyboard, and I know you want to walk on the mixer, and I know how much you like turning off the phantom power so all the microphones go away. But we're recording a podcast right now, so I'm going to throw you across the room and hope you don't come back. So that that was the last of my, um, my main items. I have three honorable mentions, uh, and we'll go through these real quick. Uh, one... Is only an honorable mention because it just came out this week, but Cyberpunk 2077. Holy fuck do I love that game. Oh my God, it's... You actually si- have it? You're playing it now? Oh God, I was playing it when you came in. Okay. You're playing it on the PC. Yeah, obviously you're playing it on the PC. Yeah, I'm, play, I'm yeah. playing it on my PC. It, it is... I am an unabashed lover of cyberpunk as a genre... I am an unabashed lover of Sorian Cyberpunk pen and paper RPG. Yeah. This is the game I have been waiting since they showed the teaser at E3 like four years ago for. It's so good.
0: Yeah, that was one of those games where it was like, they announced it, and then I just kind of forgot about it. Because it's like, well, someday it's going to come out. And when yeah. I hear that, it's kind of like, all right, well, I just kind of lose.
1: Yeah, you, you forget about the, it. Yeah, and then you, it's all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, it's coming it's out. It's this vaporware where yeah. it actually hits, you Yeah. Know? yeah. So, um, the other one of the other animal mentions is it's not something I discovered this year. It was something I went back to and it was Pokemon Go. I played Pokemon Go when it first came out in 2016 and then uh, it ran like crap on one of my phones. So I just stopped playing it. However, once COVID got started, I got super into Pokemon Go because I just needed something to be excited about. Yeah. So walking around my neighborhood with my kids. Well, plus
0: with COVID, you really couldn't do anything. You couldn't go anyplace. The only place you could go was go outside and go for walks and go to the parks and stuff. Yeah.
1: And go battle the Pokemon gyms and, and do the Pokemon game. And man... That really got me through a lot of the worst of 2020. So big shout out to Pokemon Go. Uh, You were there when I needed you.
0: I don't, you know, I've never, I've never looked at discounted the people who play Pokemon Go. Because, like, up until that game, most people didn't go to the park and oh go God. to walks and I rem- stuff like that. I, rem- I was in it for a little bit. I dipped in it for a little while.
1: I remember the summer of 2016 when it released, and it was, like, a revolution. I, I it's, It was the summer of Pokemon. You would go to the parks, and the parks would be full.
0: Yeah. And... Everybody had their phone in their hand walking. Everybody had yeah. their phone.
1: And everybody was being social. And everybody was talking. And everyone was like, hey, what Pokemon did you catch? Oh, hey, there's a Pikachu over there. Everybody would run over there. And everybody was polite. And everybody was having a good time. And people were walking. Pokemon Go did more to end childhood obesity in one summer yeah. than Michelle Obama did in eight years as First Lady. I got to laugh since we're talking about this. And
0: this is this is content related. Uh my buddy Dave went to the big Pokemon thing that they had in Chicago. This mm-hmm. really big Pokemon event. It was huge. And it was a disaster. Everything crashed. They couldn't get anything to work right. Uh, the servers were going down. All these people were in this giant enclosed park area. Well, it wasn't closed, I don't think. But it was this big thing. He paid a lot of money to go to. And it was this horrible disaster. And he was there when this all went down. But there was videos of these people, these presenters on stage trying to do their job. Like, hey, everybody, what's going on? Are we all having a great time today? And people were like, fuck, no. no. This sucks. And like a glass would go flying by, like a, 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 a Plastic cup would just barely miss the guy in the face and stuff. Yeah. And it was a huge, huge disaster. And they, they did what they could. They, they, they did, they, they took care of everybody. It's my knowledge. They took care of everybody that was there and they did reimburse the people or something like that. I remember what the whole story was, but I remember him telling me about it. Like he was there and he was like, man, I was a little afraid because people were like, they were getting so pissed. They were about ready to start rioting. Because it was such, it, it was just such a disaster, and there was all these people in this park, and and people were pissed off. Like you can go on YouTube and YouTube the videos of it and stuff, and watch watch it just disintegrating in real time oh. as it was happening. And I, Dave messages I, me, and he's like, "I'm in Chicago at this Pokemon event. He's like, I'm a little worried. I told the wife and the kids, I told them to get out of here just in case like a riot breaks out because people were super fucking pissed off."
1: I I am I do love watching a good train wreck. Have you watched any of the videos of it? No.
0: Yeah, no. they're they're out there. You know, it's funny cuz like the pres- I felt bad because the presenters are up on stage. It's not their fault. They're they're like the the hipster kids or whatever, the younger people that are up there. It's supposed to be doing their thing and they're trying really hard to make this an exciting fun event, and it's bad. And everybody knows it's bad and they're they're like getting booed and stuff's getting thrown at them and shit and mm-hmm. it's like wow, you know, this is this is nuts, you know. <laughs>
1: Okay, so my last my last honorable mention for 2020 is uh, a comedy album I found. Uh, the artist is Andre Duboucher, and the album is called 20-Sided Guy. Uh, I found this on a site that just sells vinyl, because uh, I was looking for stand-up comedy vinyls, and they had this, and it kind of caught my eye, the 20-Sided Guy. I'm like, hmm, that sounds nerdy. This has been the funniest album I've listened to all year. It's so good. Um, it's uh, the comedian comes out, and every track is kind of like a little, a little self-contained skit. So, one of the one of the uh, skits is track number six is a handy dandy guide to the mutants of the post apocalypse, and it's he. He's comes out as this character who is Australian and he's telling everybody about like all these creatures that are out in the wasteland that are all trying to eat your face. Um, One of the other uh, one of the other skits is called the the testiculating horror and it's told as this Lovecraftian story and it's basically just steampunk written tentacle sex which kind of is what a lot of uh, Lovecraft's fan fiction is. Or anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: <laughs> I would argue there's just far more technical sex in anime than in Lovecraft, but go uh, ahead.
1: I know. Um, so yeah, there's another one that's called uh, So You've Been Turned. And it's a introduction seminar for people who have recently been turned as vampires. And it's given by Steve, the dark Lord of Minnesota, who is the guy who is introducing these people in Minnesota who have been turned to vampires? <laughs> like, what the fuck is a Minnesota vampire gonna be like? Oh, well, and and, and the things that, <laughs> like he mentions that they that you are now a part of the vampires' ongoing war with the leprechauns, and the reasons the vampires are on at war with the leprechauns is the vampires have one of their vampiric abilities is they can see a trailer and instantly know if a movie is gonna be good. And the leprechauns desperately want to take that power away from the vampires.
0: This this sounds like some bizarre role-playing adventure that you would take yeah. us on. Oh, I, I, <laughs> uh,
1: s- some of my friends were talking about uh, running a Vampire the Masquerade campaign. And I said, the only way I would participate is if I can be that guy. And I'm the one who's like initiating them as they have just turned. Oh my god.
0: You know what? This I would I would play these games with you. Like again, I go back to the Muppets one that we talked about. I would play that role playing adventure game with you. I would play I would play this version of a vampire game because I'm not into the whole vampire world. But if you bring something along which is so fucked up and stupid and, and, oh. and dumb like this to be funny, there, there I, w- I might play this.
1: In our oh, it was after high school when when we we kind of got into the world of darkness. But we played a vampire game once and. Somebody was the uh, one of the vampire clans, the Malkavians, and they're all kind of insane. <clears throat> so one of the characters or one of the NPCs we ran into was a Malkavian who was the vampire prince of this suburb. And the prince is the head vampire of a city. So like he, w- you would have princes of like Chicago and Detroit. Well, this guy was the 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 prince of like some suburb out out the way and he had a little sign behind his desk that said uh, uh, uh for local people it's like it was Groziel he yeah. was the vampire prince of grozeel yeah and it said welcome to grozeel uh welcome to vampire grozeel population and it was a whiteboard so anytime new vampires came to visit him he would have to stop what he was doing go to the whiteboard count everybody who was there and change the number <laughs> <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that that is our our lists of our our favorite things of 2020. And we have one more thing we need to discuss on this episode. And it is it, it is something something to discuss uh, over this week. One of the things that has lit the Internet on fire was the announcement slash discovery of a Lifetime movie produced oh, yes. produced yes. by in conjunction with Kentucky Fried Chicken yes. called recipe for seduction this is a nobody believed it i didn't believe it was real I, nobody I, believed it was real i did not believe it was real until i found the trailer even then, I was questioning for a
0: little bit. I'm so like, this it's... has got to be a joke, because I could totally see KFC doing this as a joke.
1: Oh yeah, I mean they made a Japanese anime-style dating sim yes. for Colonel Sanders.
0: I'll say this for KFC: KFC has done a fantastic job of reinventing themselves and keeping themselves relevant in this day and age. Like they, like for I've made the argument on Project Archivist that that. Colonel Sanders is a Time Lord who right. just keeps getting reincarnated and reborn into a new form every time something else comes along.
1: So, so this is the description as it is read or as it is posted on the trailer. As the holidays draw near, a young heiress contends with the affections of a suitor handpicked by her mother. When the handsome chef Harlan Sanders arrives with his secret fried chicken recipe and and a dream he sets in motion a series of events that unravels the mother's devious plans will our plucky harris escape to her wintry happily ever after with harland at her side or will she cave to the demands of family and duty so it's it's the formula the formulaic lifetime movie plot but with a hot sexy colonel sanders Played by Mario Lopez.
0: Now, my wife is a big watcher of the Hallmark Christmas movies. Like this is all my wife does. If me and my wife aren't watching like our, the Mandalorian together, oh, or a my couple, God. like Star Trek Discovery, my, that's all she does is watch these favorite movies.
1: My favorite, mo- my favorite meme is yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, like get point what that. has fifteen actors, two writers, and one plot. Six hundred and thirty-five uh, Hallmark Christmas movies.
0: Yes. And I, I actually got her a pair of socks for Christmas one year saying, this is my Hallmark movie watching socks. And a t-shirt as well. Yeah. And she hardly ever wears it, which is a shame because it makes her tits look really so, nice. But, um,
1: so <laughs> so this is, uh, um, in the articles I've read about it, it's listed as a lifetime mini movie.
0: Yeah, it's only like 15 minutes long. Yeah, it's long.
1: 15 minutes long. And this is basically just a infomercial for KFC. This is guerrilla marketing for KFC. This is it them. It is kind
0: of genius because you know, yeah. like,
1: I kind of want to wa- I want me and you to watch it. Right. Um, to quote P.T. Barnum, there's no such thing as bad publicity yeah. and the internet has been a-, a blaze of everybody talking about this. But
0: the thing is, the reason it's going to work is because it acknowledges how incredibly fucking stupid of an idea that it is. And it, it fully embraces the stupidity. Yeah, it,
1: it, it's, it's... Like, they
0: got a top, well, I don't say top line, but they got a high-end actor... Who know? Like everybody has said on this, everybody knows this is yeah, a joke. Yeah, you know? and
1: that's the thing is everybody knows this is a joke. Yeah. Um,
0: which thus makes me want to watch it even more because it's like, all right, we know what the punchline is here. Let's hear what the joke is. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It, it it's <laughs> just just reading the first time I saw it, it broke my mind. It's yeah. like what in the what? Yeah. And yeah. and you know. Uh, KFC's done this uh, Wendy's is like one of the undisputed masters of this the, the, whoever
0: yeah but Wendy's doesn't seem to get the bang for buck out of it that KFC does I, I know
1: Wendy's Wendy's Twitter account is savage whoever runs that Twitter account I would like to shake their hand uh, then Wendy's came out with their, uh, their pen and paper RPG uh, Arby's their Twitter account is also pretty awesome they have a person who does like artwork with the cardboard boxes that the sandwiches come in and we'll make like cutouts for video games and they look amazing
0: arby's okay there's this like i'm just gonna slightly go off here you've got the main fast food chains you've got mcdonald's taco bell Burger
1: King. May Taco Bell rot in the eternal hells.
0: Yeah, because they took away our fucking pizza bastards. Bring that shit back. But you've got, like, the high-end ones. you bring like, it back. You've got, like, the lower-end, like, B-rate ones. And even go down and even say the C-rate ones. But you've got, like, the B-rate ones, which is, like, your Wendy's, your, oh uh, man,
1: no, no. I'd love me some Wendy's.
0: Yeah, but Wendy's just not it's not up there. I, mean, I don't know. It's debatable. Like, okay, I don't go to okay, Wendy's very okay, often. Okay,
1: so you have the fast food pantheon. Yeah, the let's fa- let's break this down. The fast food the the big four, the fast food pantheon is McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, Wendy's. Ah. So those are the big four. Like if you see Anywhere there's one of them, there's usually at least one other one. Yeah,
0: every city has a fast food alley. Yeah, fast food alley. Yeah.
1: Um then you have like the the second tier ones. Um Arby's isn't second tier cuz it's lower quality. They they actually push to be a little bit higher. Like they have like the like they have the meat they yeah. have their, their, their deli sandwiches, and then you have like your Subways, and then you yeah. have your- um, Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. Yeah. But now there's this push where it's like, now you have the, the they're not fast food, but they're not sit down restaurants. They're somewhere in between. So those are your Qdobas. Those are yeah. your Panera Breads. Those are your- Boutique. Um, yeah, your, um, your Olga's, your, uh, there's one other one that I just
0: can't. See, for people outside of Michigan, for a long time. Oh, I've Pan- to-
1: Panda Express, that's yes, the other
0: one. For a long time in Michigan, for a very long time, we didn't have, I would say for a good stretch of 20 plus years, we didn't have new fast food restaurants coming into Michigan. We actually had a point where, Mich- where fast food restaurants were leaving Michigan like Hardee's.
1: Like, so when
0: we got for a little while, and it still happens to this day, we got a point where that started to change and we started to get new fast food restaurants into Michigan. We had, when Sonic finally opened up in Michigan, there's a
1: huge deal.
0: Yeah. Like the plate, when the first Sonic opened up in Michigan, there was a 45 minute line to get into Sonic to get their food because we were so starved for new foods up here. Yeah. And then when Del Taco opened up, not as big as Sonic, but Del Taco opened up. Like, Del Taco is pretty common throughout the rest of the country in different spots. We've got four around here now.
1: Yeah, they, like, they, we went from having one in, on, like, Telegraph and Taylor to now there's... No,
0: it's over way over in Dearborn. Oh, yeah, 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 But, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're building one by my house, but they don't have it open yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, but to, to now there's, like, four of them.
0: Like, when me and my buddy Dave walked into Del Taco, for one, we were like, what is this new place? There's a new fast food. What, what the fuck is this? So we walked in there... And all we've ever had fast food Mexican quote unquote experience was Taco Bell. So we walked in there and we were like, What the fuck is this? They've got burgers, they've got burrito what you get you get fries with your combo? What? You know? It was so incredibly but it was cool. It was it just blew us away. And then for a while we didn't have Sonic here and they would show, during the Final Four, they would show these Sonic f- fast food commercials and every Thursday night, me and my buddy Dave and as many people as we could would call their hotline and we would be like, open one of these in Michigan, open one of these in Michigan and they finally got to a point where they got pissed at us for calling and they're like, sir, we can't open one in Michigan because these are drive-in these are drive restaurants and in the wintertime, no one's going to go there. <laughs> Joke's on you fuckers. But yeah. <laughs> like, we would call them every, we, we were just relentless about calling we would get anybody we could to call sonic and be like open a restaurant you've got this delicious looking food we want this shit you're advertising in michigan there's nowhere there i think the closest one at the time was in kentucky
1: i know, you know there, there, there was some in ohio
0: like uh and like oh yeah for a while we even had jack-in-the-boxes in michigan and then they were gone now the closest one we have to michigan is down in ohio there's a jack-in-the-box down there but that was another place where I walked and I'm like, what the fuck? They've got egg rolls? They've got tacos? What is this shit? <laughs> so when we talk about <laughs> They've this got stuff, Eagle Eye? Yeah, exactly. But you gotta understand that Michigan for the longest time we went for years and years and years and years without having any fast food. Like we when Hardy started pulling out of Michigan and what our Carl's Juniors as well, um, like what we had up here, like we, we had White Castles, which a lot of people don't have. White Castle, oh, God, have i love me
1: some White Castles.
0: Yeah, I do too, but I don't like what they do to me.
1: But nobody likes what they do to them. You know, like goddamn it, we love White Castle.
0: Like where where would where would White Castle fit in the pantheon? Would they be B or
1: would they be? a no, C? No, they'd be like a C tier. Yeah, um, C tier. Uh, maybe B because like Harold and Kumar like super exploded the popularity yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, also, hipsters love sliders. Yeah. So, which, which um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, was the first time I'd ever been to the Green Dot Stables in uh Detroit. I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, Green Dot Stables is a horse racing themed restaurant that's in Southwest and is just like famous for their sliders. Okay. So like, um they have mystery meat sliders. When I went there, it was a venison slider. Um because it's a horse racing themed place, they have like $3 mint juleps. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, that's the place that everybody goes to in Detroit for sliders. And everybody talked about it. I'd never been there. And like one of my friends was like, uh, yeah, let's just go.
0: So now that we've established the A and the B, let's establish what the C is. Now we have this chain of, of restaurants. They're not very popular. There's not many of them left, but it's called long John Sovers. It's a seafood Chain. I think mm-hmm. that they got one by me that I know of. There's, there. I don't yeah, think there's the, many of them left. No, they, mo- they
1: mostly they, they're closing up, and and they are a seafood. <laughs> yeah. But like
0: everything, if you've never been to a Long John Silver's, it's this place where everything is deep fried. Everything is deep fried into the same vats of grease, and everybody that works there. You can tell you can tell an employee of Long John Silver's because they all have burn marks all over their arms from grease splatters from cooking their food there, and all of their food, though different, kind of tastes the same. You've also got Rallies; that's another chain. I do checkers. Love, checkers, Checkers yeah, is what do, it is well, now. Well, Checkers,
1: yeah. Rallies, the, yeah, the same thing. They, one that, became that, they that's, an, that's another one that when I'm in the mood for, oh, they have like the best French fries. Oh they're my God. they're
0: battered. They're weird, but that's another place where all their food kind of tastes the same. Like Taco Bell is a master of taking the same shit that they make and repackaging it and putting it out there and people will still buy the shit. Yeah. They only have Taco Bell has a limited number of ingredients. It's like how many different ways can we serve the same shit? Well and, and, and then that, that's different. the
1: that's the whole reason they got rid of the Mexican pizza was because they it were what, trying to
0: streamline their ingredients yeah. list. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's well, you know, that's the pantheon of fast food chains. But for in years for Michigan we didn't ha- like for many years we didn't have anything new. Yeah. You know? Quiznos popped up and was gone for a little while. Quiznos was here and gone. We, we got... got the
1: moon! <laughs> oh my god, though, those crazy-ass little rat things.
0: Yeah, well, that was that was a, an internet like YouTube meme that they just kind of latched onto to try to save themselves. Yeah,
1: like, Quiznos was a flash in the pan. but They
0: had good food there, though. I didn't mind their stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I think uh, we're kind of winding out. So... Yeah, I'm
0: about done. I can't breathe, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: so uh, this is... John Patrick, the Master Control Program.
0: And this is he, uh Also check out my other show, Project Archivist, if you get a chance.
1: And you can find us at oldnerdsdrinking at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at Old Nerds drinking And this is us saying End of Line. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no!
0: German? Forget it, he's rolling.
1: And it ain't over now!
0: So, what's the plan? Take car, go to Mum's, kill Phil, Sorry. grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow over. i write them off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up. Lights out.
1: Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. We're going streaky! All right, move on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse.
0: Nothing to see here, please.